Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 122 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, from our good friends in Pacifier. Uh, Big thanks to them once again for supplying the intro song to this podcast. They're a great band. If you get a chance, you know, I, I know a lot of us are cooped up inside right now. Great chance to try some new music. If you get the chance, definitely give them a try. You can find them pretty much anywhere you can find music, iTunes, Spotify, or whatever your choice might be. This song is called Leave the Lights On, and it is from their 2009 album, Everyone on Every Night. And today, we got a very special treat for you guys. Joining the show in just a minute here is going to be Mr. Adam Jackson. Adam is a huge fan of the New York Rangers, and he runs just a great sports YouTube channel called Five Points Vids. And, you know, he makes videos for just about every sport you can think of, including hockey. He's just a massive hockey fan as well. But it's a great channel. You know, it's very informative. It's very funny. There's a lot of visual gags. And he answers some questions that you may not have even known that you had, like, you know, why is losing called tanking? What exactly is in those spelling salts that those NHL players use on the bench? Where did every NFL owner make their money? So just a lot of great videos like that. Just really just complete smorgasbord of great sports topics. He talks about some things like bizarre moments in hockey history, some sports scandals that maybe you haven't really heard about, some of the biggest blowouts in NHL and hockey history. Uh, You really do get a little bit of everything. Guaranteed, if you go on there, watch a couple of his videos, you'll learn something new. You'll probably laugh quite a bit as well. And with that, let's go ahead and bring Adam in here for part one of our interview. We talked for quite a while, so this is part one. We'll have part two for you in one of the upcoming episodes. Enjoy. All right, and so without any further ado, let's go ahead and welcome our guest for the day from the YouTube channel Five Points Vids, Mr. Adam Jackson. Adam, how are we doing today, buddy? I am doing as good as I can, (laughs) given the (laughs) circumstances. I think we're all kind of there. Yeah, you know, we're really living in some bizarre times right now. But, uh, I mean, as a silver lining, I mean, does it give you a little bit more time to devote to your YouTube channel? Absolutely not. In fact, uh, (laughs) nothing has really changed for me from a day-to-day sort of standpoint. I was already working from home and and putting together content. So uh, I'm not on a vacation at all. In fact, I'm probably working harder now than I was before, you know, and because I have nothing else to do. I don't have the gym. I don't have uh, any social gatherings to attend. So now I'm just putting all that effort back into the channel and working twice as hard for uh, a fraction of the revenue before. But, you know, those things are what they are. Right, right. Um, now, just to get a little bit of background about the channel, uh, what gave you the idea to start Five Points Vids? And, uh, you know, is it challenging to cover every sport? Because you see a lot of these YouTube sports channels, and some of them will just focus on maybe one sport, but you, you really, you know, you cover every sport. So, I, I mean, is, is that a challenge to do that? Yeah. It, to give you the background, originally I was a gaming channel. I focused a lot on Madden and then to NHL, and I wasn't really, resp- you know, getting the response that I wanted from the audience until I just figured, you know what, I think I'm okay at writing. I think I'm okay at telling jokes. Maybe I just do the things that are interesting to me and start making videos that way. And that's when the channel really took off. And it really started in the NHL. 
I started doing a series of videos on the NHL, but I was like, you know what? These topics are very symbiotic to other sports. So let me try it in the NFL. Let me try it in the MLB. And then I, I just love all sports. And that's sort of the, the genesis for why I do cover every single sport. But it is challenging in the fact that, yeah, I have different audiences rotating in and out of my channel. So, you know, it, a lot of those YouTube advisors will tell you to niche down when I'm doing the opposite. I want to niche up. I want to cover the interesting things and try to make in sports and try to make the topic the interesting part, not necessarily the sport, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but it is it is always challenging because sometimes I might do something that is very pleasing to me, but maybe a little esoteric or, or only for hardcore fans of that particular sport. And, you know, it's very pleasing for those that type of audience, but not as much in terms of, you know, results. Do you ever get the sense that anyone who maybe isn't a fan of like a given sport, like maybe somebody's not a hockey fan, they'll still come to your channel and watch, you know, some hockey videos and maybe get into the sport that way? I mean, does, does anything like that ever happen? Um, you know, I get a lot of comments about people that say, hey, I don't watch basketball, but I like you. So I'll I'll watch the triggering videos and, and things like that. I, I think that's very satisfying uh, to to do that. I, I'm always trying to find like I've been narrowing the scope like stadiums are always interesting. It doesn't really matter what sports being played there because we're looking at the architectural structure of a stadium. We're not necessarily looking at the athletic competition happening there. So I, I've been refining my channel to be more like that, where it really doesn't I want to remove the actual sport out of it and focus on the interesting part. Like I, I'm kind of like the NHL probably has the smallest online audience out there just because you know, it, it appeals to a, maybe an older fan base that isn't as tech savvy. And but if you can make it interesting, like I'm, I'm going to talk about, you know, the NHL's most cheatingest moment. Scandal's always interesting, no matter what the sport is. Yeah. So hopefully that resonates well with with the audience. Now, you mentioned your uh, triggering videos. And for anyone who, you know, has not seen Adam's channel, basically what he does is he takes a sport, whether it's the NHL, the NFL, the MLB, whatever it might be. And he basically just plays, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, Adam, but I, I just watched the NHL one. It's basically just the crappiest moments in franchise history and just things that'll stick in the craw of the fan base. Is that more or less what it is? Yeah, yeah. I I, I used to have a motto that said there are no winners in sports, only losers. Just <laughs> salty, salty losers. I, yeah. I, I feel like for some reason, fans lo love cruelty. Like, I don't know why it resonates so well with people, but even fans of your own team, like you want, I've been told many times that, oh, you didn't go hard enough. Like, why didn't you destroy us even more? And it's just <laughs> such an interesting phenomenon that you could focus so heavily on the negative about things, but still have that, that love of uh, pointing and laughing at people, which I think works really well. Uh, a lot of times though, I'll, I'll pick things that I know aren't necessarily either true or valid, but are angering. Like, say calling Eli Manning, you know, uh, an average or below average quarterback that doesn't deserve to be in the hall of fame. Well, you know, obviously that's not true, but I know that would piss off a giants fan. Yes. Being that I am a giants <laughs> fan. So yeah. th those are the things that I'm looking for is, uh, but also bringing up, you know, a, a 28 to three or something like that is, is equally as low effort.
Yeah, you know. that's all you have to do is just say the score in that case. But uh, yes. I, I want I want to know, was there any fan base that took it just way too seriously? Did, did you hear anything from from, you know, fans of a certain team uh, for any of these sports for these videos? Mm, I think the Eagles fans got really mad when I told, you know, when, when the big bit was not having a Super Bowl. And then every one of them came back in droves to remind me that they got a Super Bowl. So that that kind of blew up in my face a little bit. I think they held the most uh, acrimony towards what I said about them. Then they finally got theirs. But a lot of the fan, like, like you don't come to that video expecting it to be fluffy. So I, I, I've just never heard anyone get, I, I did, I, I, I've come close to taking it too far a couple of times. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to get hate no matter what. I'm, I'm a smart ass that tells jokes on the internet. I, I, you know, humor is always subjective. So I, I just enjoy it when I get it. It, it makes me feel good. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, Postmates has created non-contact deliveries. So now, when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I have been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up. You guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off outside my door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. You know, just just to shift gears a little bit here, I know, you know, you're a big Ranger fan. You wanted to talk a little bit about the 94 uh, Stanley Cup championship team. So, I mean, what do you remember the most about that run? And, you know, as a fan of that team, did it feel like that was finally going to be their year? Did it feel like they were finally going to break through there a little bit? So what was frightening for me was I think two years prior, the Rangers won the President's Cup and they had almost the identical roster or close to it. And they just completely did not show up in the playoffs and got eliminated. So my expectations were tempered. The net, you know, the next time they put together a run, I was like, "All right, this this could be the year. I'm going to give them a chance." And then when they got down three two to the Devils, now you have to put this in context. I'm 17 years old while this is happening. I've I've been a Rangers fan. I think since I saw Leach in the Olympics in '88. So about six years. So I've, I've only seen failure from this team, even in the my young fandom of it. And the Rangers were down 3-2 to, to the Devils. And I remember being like a volunteer for some something in high school. And an older fan was just, you know, basically burying the Rangers. And I just remember that sense of doom heading home to watch that game. I think it was a Saturday afternoon when... Uh, Messier made the guarantee and I was like oh great that's even better he made a guarantee we're we're getting done we're done 
and they went out and he just he played so well in that third period i remember when kovalev scored that first goal to make it 2-1 i was just like we're we're coming back we're gonna win this yeah. game and then game seven was just unbelievably epic i think the meto i actually got a chance to go up to howie rose and thank him for that call um uh, uh, uh six weeks ago i think when i was down in uh florida for spring training. oh really that's awesome yeah yeah i got yeah. to say hey buddy thanks for all the great calls you know matto is my favorite he just said hello thank you what's you know he asked me he was like what's your name i was like hey i'm adam i'm just a youtuber and then he just laughed and then had to run off to go broadcast the game but i was very that was very satisfying to say thank you to him for yeah, that yeah. call because it was just an amazing call and then you know once they got to the finals i i think the Everyone kind of knew that I, I didn't think Vancouver would take us to seven games, but yeah. everyone kind of knew that we had a much stronger team than Vancouver. But then game one, they just came out and overwhelmed us. <laughs> like yeah. Pavel Bure, I think, was just I've never seen such an electric skater out there. And his speed was amazing. But the Rangers, they just they played that free form open style of hockey, no real game plan. And they just kind of made it up as they went along, but they were so talented. That team was just stacked with ex Oilers and Messier and Brian Leach back there. And Zuboff was amazingly talented. Kovalev and Richter played unbelievable. So I, I just remember game seven, they finally win it. I had graduated high school the night before just jumping around like wow. a, a little child. It, it was it was an amazing experience and and something that we have yet to to re-experience in <laughs> the however many years how many years has it been, been another 26 before? years it's crazy yeah. that's one of the things that i think people miss is you know we all talk about 54 years from 1940 to 1994 it's been 54 years and you know the curse is finally broken but i think sometimes people forget it's now been another 26 years since the last cup and so Imagine if they hadn't won in 94. Like, we're at 80 years now, and we're getting dangerously close to Boston Red Sox territory. It would not be good. Yeah, and we, we thought we'd have at least another two years. Then you, you go and add Gretzky to the mix, and you get Gretz and Messier. You're thinking, all right, we can at least win one more before these two retire, and uh, it's been rough since. And, yeah, we got close in 2014 with the finals and completely outmatched against the Kings. Uh, and then uh, 2015 just blew it against the lightning when we had a golden opportunity to win. Yeah. Probably, probably had the best roster that year. Marty St. Louis aged terribly in the span of a month. And uh, he just was not the same player in those playoffs. Rick Nash was at the end of his tenure and, you know, it looks like we just wasted Hank's entire career. So, it's going to be – there was promise this year, and then now the whole thing gets shut down. So I don't know. The, the the NHL now between that run in 94 where they could basically just decide we want to want, win a cup was what their mission was essentially from 1990 to 1994 when they finally did one to now where you just have to – you need a little bit of luck. You need to um, – happen in on some good draft picks and you have to manage your cap well so it's, yeah. it's a much different game than it was 26 years ago the thing that i think made the uh, game seven loss against the lightning so hard i mean apart from the obvious it's a game seven loss it's always going to be hard they were in the finals the year before but just the fact that they were down three games to two in that series against the lightning they go into tampa for game six and they just they skated circles around them in that game they just destroyed them Derek Brashard with a hat trick and I just thought coming back home for game seven man that place is going to be rocking we're going right back to the Stanley Cup finals and they just 
basically laid an egg in game seven. They lose two nothing. And I just, I don't know what happened that night. You know, that was, that's a really rough one for me. Benny Bishop happened that night. Yeah, I, I think yeah. the Rangers had so many good looks at the net and they just could not get it past Ben Bishop. And yeah, and the, the Lightning were like Jekyll and Hyde that whole series. Anytime the Lightning tried to run with the Rangers, the Rangers outran them. You know, there were several games where the, the Rangers just, uh, I think that game six and what was it, game three or five where they, it was in the Lightning, it was in Emily and the Rangers just destroyed them. Also, we you forget, I think it was either game two or game three, the game went to, into overtime, right? And the, the Rangers had... It was one of those back and forth games, and the Lightning actually won that game. And I think Ryan McDonough was a tip away from ending that game. And it just, I was just completely shocked that we lost that game seven, considering at times we looked like we dominated the Lightning. And yeah, it just didn't, it just didn't end the way that I wanted to. And yeah, it took me a good probably four or five months to get over that, realizing that the window was probably either closed or closing on Hanks opportunity to win the championship yeah absolutely and uh you know what do you think about this current team that they've put together you know youngest team in the league they've kind of gone through a couple of years of this rebuild you know they've traded for some prospects from some other teams and it seems like it's starting to come together especially after the all-star break this year so i mean are, are you enjoying watching this team i mean to me it's a very exciting team to watch oh gosh i i love this team i love Mika just coming out of nowhere to develop into this absolute steal for Derek Brassard, who I also love. Like Derek Brassard was one of those guys that's just a B and everything, you know, yeah. during his prime, he's just like a B. And to me, that's a P. I like those solid, consistent players. But Mika to come through and just get robbed of a potentially 50 goal season, uh, and then also have Panarin um, playing his, his, playing his. Uh, above his well I wouldn't say above his ability but playing his out of his mind we could have potentially had two 40 goal scorers on the same roster which I don't know if it's ever happened I don't I think the last time we had two 30 goal scorers was like Nedved and um gosh I forget uh I I I did the my my memory's gotten to me now in my (laughs) old age but we did have a pair of 30 goal scorers I think when Nedved was active it might have been Flurry and Nedved. That's it. Uh, but and and Kreider's playing well. I love that they retain Kreider. I've loved him ever since he stepped straight from the Boston College ice onto the New York Ranger sheet. Uh, but I'm liking this new team, and we have goalies now. Like, well, not just yeah. one, but three. Shesterkin's gonna be good. Gorgiev probably move on to another squad, but it looks like Shesty's gonna be the guy. And once once Hank retires, God bless him for for all he gave to this franchise, uh, that money is going to be used to add blue line help, you know, third and fourth line depth, which we, you know, which could be the the difference maker between, you know, being a fringe playoff team to being one of those top two, top three um, teams. So, yeah, I'm excited. And, uh, and speaking of the playoffs, you know, there's all these different ideas of, you know, how are we going to do this? Are we going to finish the regular season? Are we going to jump right into the playoffs? This is assuming that we do anything at all and that we can resume the season, you know, with the coronavirus going on. But um, one of the ideas that's been kicked around is the 24 team uh, playoff tournament. And, you know, I kind of like it for just one season because, you know, it's we're living in bizarre times anyway. Let's have a bizarre kind of Stanley Cup playoff tournament. And I think there's people around this country and in Canada as well 
that could kind of use a little bit of a pick-me-up seeing their team in the playoffs. So, I mean, I say why not? I, I kind of like the 24-team idea for just this season only, but I wanted to get your thoughts on that as well. Do you think that's something that, that could work for one season? You know, I'd actually be fine with just the 16, like just, hey, call it, call it what it is, and and let's just run the playoffs as as they should be going on. I'd, I'd be okay with that. You know what? I'd take hockey in any form right now. I'd take, yeah, yeah. I'd take morning skate, you know, on Facebook when they broadcast the morning skate. I'd, I'd probably take that right now. I'd be like, oh, Mika, put, you know, skate a couple times around the goal for me. That uh, That's perfect. Uh, but I, I think the 24 team, I, I definitely think they have to start with the playoffs. Like, there's no really going back. We've lost too much time. You know, we're really encroaching on the next season and, and the next group of prospects coming, the NHL draft, et cetera. They've got to jump right in it. Uh, with the 24 team, or what are they doing? Like a three game series to start? Um, um, they... Would there be any buys for real playoff teams? So... Like, the way I read it, what I what I think they would do is so twenty four teams that the best eight teams would get buys, and so okay. the other sixteen would play in the first round. You knock eight of them out, and now you've got sixteen, and you just go from there like you would any other season. So I think that would be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think that would be fun. The Rangers would have a shot. They are playing some of the best. Rust would also be really interesting. You could have a team that was playing really well like you know the lightning again go yeah. and screw themselves <laughs> one more time by not being able to shake off the rough that's accumulated and then another team that stayed you know relatively on it during this you know skating at home or or close to rinks um could could potentially come out of nowhere and make a run that's the thing with the hockey though the last couple of years have been so unpredictable you don't know who's gonna win yeah uh, the cup it's just yeah. crazy. And uh, you mentioned the Lightning there. Uh, they're getting dangerously close to becoming the new Capitals, are they not? I mean, because the Capitals, for so many years, you know, they kill it in the regular season, and then they lose in the playoffs. And, and that's kind of what's been going on with the Lightning recently. I mean, I know they made it to the finals the one year a couple of years ago, but, I mean, the sweep against the Blue Jackets last year, uh, quickly getting a reputation of a team that can't quite get it done in the postseason. Yeah, and I, I think that's the nature of how these, ro you know, in, in the cap era, how rosters are built. They just don't have the depth to survive a, a lull of of bad play or, or mental um, uh, lapses. The thing about that sweep last year, and I did an analysis on it, like the, the times that they played Columbus during the regular season, by the time they got to the playoffs, Columbus was a completely different team. They had added so many uh, different parts, and and they finally bought into Tort's system of jumping in front of shots with with <laughs> reckless abandon. And I don't think the Lightning were ready for that. And they just kind of got. I mean, yeah, they they came out. They were up three nothing in that first game, and then they got their doors blown off from every moment after that. It was just the, one of the most surreal playoff series ever. But you know, yeah. the, you use. Uh, Washington as an example they got over the hump I, th I think there's sometimes expectations starts to starts to be another weight in in your boot and uh, maybe those years when you're not expected to win is when you finally get over the hump yeah um, I want to ask you about this a little bit as well did you see the comments that uh, Matt Zuccarello made a couple of days ago uh, kind of against the Rangers I did not I'd, so I'd be interested to hear what he said all right, so I'll just read you a couple of the quotes of what Zuccarello said here. He said, it's disrespectful. This is about Lundqvist. It's disrespectful. He is getting older, yes, and they have another good keeper. But then they could let him play the game Shesterkin doesn't play. And then later he said, 
I never thought it would happen to me either in my eyes. I was about to end my career with the Rangers. I think Hank would too. Everything was going to be fine and great, but then management decided something else, and then you are not worth a damn. So just your thoughts on that. I mean, he's not completely wrong, but I don't know. To me, I, I think it's just a team that wanted to rebuild. I don't think it was anything personal against Zuccarello or Lundqvist. Yeah, I just want to preface this with I love Matty Zuccarello. Yes, okay? yes. Like, we should he, he say gave that, yes. more yeah. than everything for the franchise. In fact, he gave nearly his life. And I'm not, I'm not, and I don't say that lightly. I mean, he got right. hit in the back of the head with a puck, and that also cost them probably the run at the finals with him getting hurt. Uh, but I just want to preface that by saying I love Matty Zuccarello, and I I have to sort of disagree with. I agree with him in some ways. He's he's touching on the human aspect of the business, but then everything sort of circles back to that second part: is it is a business. And the Rangers needed assets for Matt Zuccarello and he had value and the Rangers see Hank at the end of his tenure as, you know, he's, he's not, and it's, it's sad to say this, he's not going to be able to advance the franchise. Now I was shocked that having Longquist on the roster, they did not trade Georgiev at the deadline, but maybe they just didn't have enough suitors. I was very surprised, or maybe they just weren't ready to give it to Shesterkin, which is fine. But when you're carrying three goalies and one of them is getting paid 10, 11 million dollars, it's kind of hard to make sense of that. And it's also hard to think that they were really serious on making the playoffs this year. I think they would have been fine with accidentally making the playoffs, but it it seems like they're still kind of in the rebuild and they were going to gear bear down for next year with having Panarin under contract and then having to address Mika when it, when time comes. Yeah. And the other thing I would say in the Rangers defense is, you know, they were very transparent about this whole thing with the fan base. They said, listen, uh, we're going to rebuild. This might suck for a little while, but we're going to rebuild. We're going to get things back in the right direction. And they even told Lundqvist, you know, Hey, we're going into this rebuild thing. Uh, would you and he has the no move clause and they asked him you know would you want to go somewhere else if we could work something out and he pretty much has said no you know I want to be here I'm a ranger for life I've got that no move clause so I don't know I I think the rangers have handled it all right you know yeah yeah I, I, like I said this is this is a business and there there I don't think there was a right way to handle it other than you know asking Hank what what he wanted to do so they let him dictate it and he he did the thing that looks uh, it was best for him, and I like I like it, the fact that Hank will play his entire career as a Ranger. I, I think that's something that you cannot take away from him, and uh, something you can't take away from us fans. So I'm appreciative of that. And yeah. and again, I can see where Matt's is coming from, but at the same time, you know he he's not lo- he's looking at it from a human being, which is there's nothing wrong in that. But the fan in me who sees that, you know. The, that those were the harsh realities of the situation that the team was in. All right. So once again, a big thanks to Adam Jackson for joining the show. Like we said, that is just part one of a two-part episode. We're going to continue the conversation in an episode either later this week or perhaps early next week. We'll see how it all shakes out. But either way, you'll have part two of this interview to look forward to. And if you get the chance, I can't recommend his YouTube channel enough. I've become a very big fan in a very short amount of time. It is once again called fivepointsvids.com. Five points is all one word, and then vids, V is in Victor, I-D-S, five points vids. Check that out if you get a minute, and no better time than now. You know, a lot of us are really missing live sports, and it kind of leaves a little bit of a void, so if you want some sports content, you want to 
learn some new things that you haven't really heard about before and you want to laugh a little bit, then absolutely check out his video. Uh, really is a great time. He's up to 242,000 subscribers on YouTube. He's got 390 videos, like we said, covering all different sports, just about every topic you can possibly imagine. So definitely go ahead and check that out. And like I said, we're going to look forward to having part two for you guys as well. But that's going to do it for today. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And absolutely be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.